we want to welcome all of you uh, today. Happy Sabbath to everyone that is watching us, uh, that is on live. Um, and uh, Christopher Lopez, welcome to Chris. Not because he's on, but because he's the first one on or something like that. I, 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 he's the first happy At Sabbath. He's the so. first one to say happy Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, he's the first one to say happy Sabbath. I don't know if he was the first one on, but it is, it is what it is. Chris, uh, thank you for giving us a shout out. And again, as you know, we are live at this moment. And so we're hoping that um, uh, all of you uh, could just give us a quick shout out and just let us know uh, how you're doing and a, and a happy Sabbath as we normally like to do. And um, uh, Jason, Andrew. Uh, hey, hey, I just want to say, you, you know why Christopher's first, right? No, I don't. What happened? You know, you know why Christopher's first? Because this is what he's getting right here. What's that? That is about the most yellowest thing I've ever seen, but I like it. I don't, I don't <laughs> think it, uh, it comes out well on camera, but... I see, see it though. It. I see it. I can see it. Yeah, looks like looks like Christopher's color. I think um, it's a definitely definitely will go well. Um, hey, uh, Andrew, that shirt looks great on you, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've been I've been working uh, working on it. Kind of try to probably. I don't know if I should do a a little uh, name tag here or whatnot. So I don't know if I should just keep it here. I was also thinking about doing some logos on the side, but uh, we just kept it like. Yeah, pretty simple for now keep, keep it looks it good though it looks, it looks clean i yeah, like it absolutely well look uh again we want to uh welcome everybody that is joining us at this moment uh jaylene uh geo i was actually just on a conversation with geo so uh shout out to uh, union springs uh, i was hearing that by the way i think our our conversation on uh, on worship and music is is done for already. you guys you guys took all the good points uh, yeah, no, you know what? I think we're just going to tackle something even worse. Probably. I, I think that's what we'll try to do. Just something, something more intense than, uh, than what we did, but for sure. I, I, I appreciate it. By the way, Gio is asking for a hookup on the shirt. Um, that's a, that's hey, you a know point. who to call or who to, who to, uh, who to Instagram. Uh, yeah, no, no, there you go. But anyways, again, want to welcome everyone, uh, for joining us today, this Sabbath, uh, this, again, this is keep calm and advent on. And I know someone said that we've gone away from jam, but we haven't. Those are still our names. Like literally, it's Jason, it's Andrew, and it's Mitchell. Like we still are jam. There's still jam. No way like around that. That. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, but uh, but uh, again, it's just it's it's good to be on. It's good to be on at this time. Uh, things are just kind of crazy everywhere. Um, and today uh, we're probably going to make things even a little bit crazier, maybe with the conversation we're about to have. Um, and, You're talking about uh, more intense than the one that you and Gio had on music. Yeah. More way, intense than that. By the way, as you guys can see, Gio's comment, and again, uh, shout out to uh, Isaura as well, who is uh, uh, giving us a happy Sabbath there. But as you can see, Gio literally said, we just got started. And, uh, you know, just insider information here. I had to text him and say, hey, Gio, uh, I got like three minutes left right before we went on. Uh, but Gio, by all means, if you would like to continue the conversation on a slightly different topic, uh, we need someone that has all the answers today because uh, this one's uh, this one's interesting. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, but no, it, it was good. It was good. I, I appreciated uh, uh, Pastor Gio out there in New York, and um, uh, you know, hopefully, we can have him on soon again on, on one of our talks. Um, but uh, again, I uh, just want to welcome everyone, and we want to jump straight into what we are titling to Caesar and to God. All right. This conversation that I think we've honestly, and this, I'm not, look, I may have said this before, but let me say it again. And I mean it even more this time. We've kind of been dancing around this conversation. Um, we know. The very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. For we sure. We had talked about it. When, when we first started this, when we started all the, these conversations, we had talked about it. It's something that 
at least Mitch and I were very intrigued. Yeah, I, 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 Jason's been on this one, man. I even seen him yeah. pull that Bible out right now. Show him that Bible. I saw that right there. <laughs> or what was it? Spirit of prophecy. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is. No, uh, this is something that we've like literally we've literally been talking about this, and we've been saying when are we going to talk about it now? Now, probably the number one reason we're going to have this conversation right now is because of a church member of mine named Julio, who asked some questions about what would Jesus or who would Jesus vote for right that was last week and hey, I, I, I just gotta say he, he dropped that one in a completely different conversation that which was totally. telling me this is what he wants us to talk about totally and so and so after that by the way i, I told hope him he's hey, on today by the way i no, hope no, he's he on said today. He, he said he was gonna be on he said he was gonna be on uh and you know he said he'll this is what he said he said he would be on and active in the comment section okay so okay. yeah so so we're gonna see what's going on with this but um again we want to jump straight into this and thank you once again for joining us uh, we hope that we can also have you in this conversation. Uh, we do want to keep everything respectful as well because we know this is one of those heated topics. But uh, again, this is this is what we want to do. We want to have these conversations. We're not coming at it from a high position. We're coming at it from you know just just peers coming in here, just talking to each other about some things that we have seen in Scripture and in the Spirit of Prophecy regarding the Christian and politics. But first, man, we need prayer today. We need prayer we today. Yes. Hey, we we might do all all three prayers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We may, we may need a oh look, and yeah, that's what I was saying. Look, Julio Santos says I'm here. He's ready. Okay. Um, uh, and so um uh we may we may need a prayer at the beginning, in the middle, and at the end, but you know, we'll start with one right now. Um, but Andrew, well, want to lead us in prayer here? Yeah, yeah, let's bow our heads. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, at this time we're just coming before you asking that you would give us um a little bit of your wisdom, a little bit of your knowledge, a little bit of your spirit, most of all, in, in tackling uh, today's topic. Lord, like uh, Mitchell said, we're not coming at this from any uh, high position. Lord, we are your humble servants in every way. And we just ask that um, through this conversation, we would uh, not be right or wrong, but that we would make aware some of uh, 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 the strengths of weaknesses of every side, Lord, and that ultimately... Uh, through this conversation, Lord, that you would be at the center of it, Lord. And ultimately, what we're trying to do is navigate uh, uh, through through these series of topics that we have, Lord, just how it is that, that we can be a Christian in 2020, Lord. We just ask that um, you, you would continue to be with us and, and be with us throughout the rest of this uh, uh, program. We ask this in your name, I pray. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Appreciate that, Andrew. Thank you once again. Um, all right. So, uh, again, we have titled this conversation uh, to Caesar and to God. Um, I almost forgot here, but again, uh, check out our Instagram page, um, especially if you're interested in getting one of the, uh, shirts that have the message, keep calm and advent on, uh, we, we definitely want to get it out to you and you can get I'll think, I'll think that up soon with all the colors. So yeah, there you go. So yeah, um, we, need, we need to put a post with all the t-shirts that, that are available for now. Cause for, I'm for sure. sure. Andrew, we have to trade, we have to trademark that quick. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no idea about any of that. Uh, but but we are here to talk about today Christians and politics. Now, let me let me just let me start off by saying something that's happened to me almost every other day now. Okay. Like literally every other day. And I'm about ready to quit on Twitter. Okay. I honestly I'm about ready to quit on Twitter. I don't even know why I have a Twitter account. I don't even know why I follow people on Twitter, to be honest with you, because sometimes my blood boils. But I kid you not, half of the time, half of the time, I'm on. I'm, I'm reading stuff, people that are writing on politics, on different uh, opinions of things that are going on in this world. And literally, this is me. I'm reading and I'm just like, 
<laughs> completely. I, mean, I just, I just get up and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And how many times have I literally just dropped my phone and I've told my wife this week? Yes. Above all. Yes. I've had the same exact feeling you have. Yes. Yes. This week has just really stood out. I don't know if it's the same reason as to, as compared to me. I, 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 t- I messaged you guys during the week. Um, during something that happens. Yes, yes. And because of that, that just set up a ch- just a huge chain reaction, yes. especially with the co- Christian community on Twitter. For sure, for sure. Uh, it, I haven't been on Twitter for the last two days for the same reason, because it really, yeah. it upsets me. It really it's crazy. It me upset. And so I, I haven't been looking at anything. Well, so uh, right here it says that, that Julio had to, had to quit uh, his Twitter too. So is this the wrong time for you guys to pro promote me to get on Twitter? I don't, I don't have a Twitter account. Does that mean <laughs> don't, don't do it? Is that, is that what's going on? Don't do it. I'm telling you half of the time I'm like, Oh, for crying out loud. And I, you know, it's just, it's just, it, it has become so frustrating. Um, and it definitely tests where you are as a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a huge test and you can see the questions, right? Uh, Julio obviously said that uh, uh, Christopher Lopez said, look, Twitter, Twitter is wild because it is. It is. And I think there's an element of having uh, someone behind a screen, not in person, behind a screen. And it almost gives you like an extra right amount of value. That, right now that you say that, I actually came across a quote yesterday yeah. from Mike Tyson. So if anybody oh doesn't know who Mike Tyson is, boxing Mike champ, Tyson. Oh, my God. God. So it said. Jason, 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 of, bro. Is Jason. The is this of, uh, Mike Tyson, yeah. Gandhi, where are we, where are we putting no, these? Hold on. Hold on, we went from MLK to Mike Tyson. MLK, oh my goodness. All right, here we go, here we go, Mike Tyson. The, the quote along the line said something like, people are used to talking so much stuff online because they're they're too scared of saying it in person, getting punched in the face. And I was just like, oh man. But, but, but let me say this though. There's a bit of truth in that. There is truth in it. And yet we're, we're coming up on this world where literally people are starting to punch themselves, punch each other in the face. I just saw this video of some like brawl that happened out in, in an airport. I don't know if you guys saw that. Like just a bunch of women just beating up on like this couple or something. And I was like, what in the world is going on? And apparently talking bad. Uh, hopefully you you're cutting off. You're cutting off. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Now we can hear yeah. you. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I think there's something loose on my cable, but anyways, so they were just fighting everything. And I'm like, wow, where are we going towards? Right. What are we leading towards? And I think, the conversation that we want to have today is extremely important, not because it's going to solve the problems of the world. I don't think it will, but I think we have to start asking ourselves, how should Christians respond to all the politics that surrounds us? And by the way, let's just define what we mean by politics. We're talking about pretty much everything, right? Not just, we're not talking about Democrats and Republicans only. That's an element of it. We're talking about movements. We're talking about Black Lives Matter organizations. We're talking about what, your university does. We're talking about what uh, uh, um, uh, companies are doing. We're talking about all these things that are around us, right? And we have to navigate this political world. And by political, we essentially mean uh, anything that has to do with the people, right? Uh, and, and essentially, that's where the word from polity, right? That's where the word comes from. But so um, I, I think we're going to start off with just kind of a basic question here. And that is, what is the role of politics in the church, okay? And and I, I, I just so we can differentiate this because we could go in a different direction. We're not talking about like the politics of leaders within the church. We're talking about the <laughs> yeah. secular world of politics. We're right? staying away from that first one. 
Yes. The secular world, maybe that's a conversation we've got to have at some point. But anyways, the secular world of politics in relation to the church. Where does the church stand on this? What do you guys think? I don't know who wants to begin this conversation. I think it's a, it's an interesting one. That's right, so, well, I was, uh, I was actually reading, um, and I was reading up, like trying to read up as much as I could. And there was a lot of stuff by Uriah Smith, by Ellen White, by James White himself. Mm. And at first, like, it was very interesting how things swung. Because everything started off with like, no, stay away from politics. Like a Christian doesn't belong there. Like, because sure. it causes, at least in their times, even today, we see it, all these rallies, like you see violent things happen at those rallies, especially if, if you watched the past presidential campaigns and whatnot, even the current ones, like there was some violent acts going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so they, they would they would say no to that, like don't don't participate. But then as the time went on, and they saw that many brothers and sisters were voting, the Advent, the, the Adventist Church, when it was uh, uh, the General Conference, came out with a statement saying, like, look, you don't have to vote if you don't want to. We don't vote if you don't have to. It's like, but when it comes to matters of civil rights, of helping your brother out, of being, I guess you could say in what, what society would consider being a good person, vote on that. Um, we even came across a quote um, on Ellen White saying, uh, talking about the prohibition, like even like go vote for that too. Like vote, vote yes for, for prohibition, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, when it comes to the, to the church and the poli- and politics, mm-hmm. at least I, I feel like it's our right and it's our, it's our, it's our duty to go vote on those things that help society be better, that helps our neighbor, that's gonna help the one that's less fortunate than us. I feel like those are things that we should go out and vote for. Those are things that we should be in favor of. I don't know what you guys think. I think you summed up everything, Jason. We can go home now. <laughs> I was like, man, no, uh, I, I think it's true. You know, uh, what you were saying, you know, I was gonna bring that up a little later. I actually have all those quotes that you were mentioning so that we can go over them. Of course, I would have those quotes. Well, I mean, we still have to go over them because there's a yeah, lot of, there's a lot of specific things that they, they mentioned nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. And I, we, I wanted to go through that too as well because you can see, um, how would you say, <laughs> the, the change in the state of mind throughout that time and how we still have that struggle today. You know, uh, the question is, what is the role of politics in church today? You know, if I think about where we are at today, I don't know that we have a role as a church in, in, in politics today. You know, I remember thinking since I, since, I, since I was small that politics and religion don't mix, right? You stay away from, from politics, right? We, we, how would you say, we, we preach uh, uh, Jesus' resurrection and we, and we believe that Jesus is coming again, but we stay away from politics almost, right? And um, we can see that from the, the very... Uh, the Puritan movement, right, where we see the removal of church and state, that ever since then, it's almost been a hesitation uh, to go back to that dictation of, of church dictating uh, uh, the views, right, uh, of the country or, or, or whatnot. But I don't know that there has been a role specifically that the church has dealt with. And I think that that brings up one of the problems that we have today. Uh, one of the biggest problems that I have I feel like, and what I've seen from, from Ellen White's writing and some of the pioneers is that there isn't a balance, right? You either have, there, there, there's two sides of the coin, right? Either you have the person that like we were saying, oh no, we're going to, we're going to stay in our, our bubble in our SDA bubble, 
we don't uh we don't mix the two uh politics and religion right we believe in, in jesus second coming and that's all we preach and that's all we're going to focus on and then we have the other side of of the coin which is this uh modern day movement that we have the these young uh uh christians that are that are kind of breaking forward and saying well christianity or jesus would have been part of those movements in the sense to say that um the church has to have a a, a place in some of these uh of movements in this and these politics so we have these two extremes where almost uh, uh from the the modern perspective they go so far in, into the political movement they almost uh forget some of their christian values if we can say we have the two extremes and and on one side of the coin we have those who stay in their bubble and all of a sudden their cre cre credibility with the people or being able to reach the people on the outside has gone because all of a sudden you're just focused on, Oh, we were waiting for Jesus second coming. And, and that's it. And your credibility to be able to reach those other people on the outside with the gospel message has gone. And all of a sudden on the other side, where you have these people that are tackling it. So, so head forward and so headstrong where they're all about these movements that they sometimes almost compromise their Christianity. And on that side of the coin, you're, uh, how would you say it? You disconnect from the church in, in the sense that uh, you compromise your own beliefs. So we have these two different sides and these two different extremes. And we say, how do we navigate these two and still stay relevant to a biblical Christianity, but without losing credibility of being able to reach those on the outside? I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys um, on on what you guys are saying right now. I, I think that we have to question what has happened historically, right? So first and foremost, that the church took over politics in, in medieval times, for example, right through the Catholic church. That was a mistake. That was pretty bad. But then we're, I think what we're seeing now is the opposite, which is the influence that politics is having over the church. See what I'm saying? So one is where the church uh, historically has tried to control politics. Another is where now the politics is trying to control the church. And I, I don't know. Um, you guys tell me here what you think. Um, I feel that uh, there is no way to not be affected or influenced by these things. This is the world that we live in, right? Like, like we can't just say, well, I'm going to be part of church and I'm ignore everything that's going on out there. I don't, I don't think that's possible. That, that makes no sense whatsoever. Um, do, do we have a specific position as a church, as you guys know, historically, and again, we can go into uh, official statements from the church in 1865 and in 1870, et cetera, where the idea was, look, uh, we don't have a official position. We just believe that if you're going to vote, you're going to vote on these moral issues, right? On, on exactly. uh, in fact, uh, the term sometimes uh, temperance uh, uh, falls into many of these quotes, right? Uh, sometimes it's seen, do you vote for someone? And the comment was historically in the Adventist church, uh, vote for temperance men. And that meant men that are in support of the temperance movement. Not so much men that were temperate, although... For, for you to be a political leader back then, there was a sort of moral standing that needed to happen, right? By the way, that's been thrown out the window today. Like, yeah. You don't have to be the most moral person to end up in politics. Perfect example is what happened in the last election, right? Where uh, the more that time has gone by, the more you've seen that the two options, we ended up with one, but the two options that we had are, are not the example of morality as we thought they were or as many people thought they were. 
point is this though to me the question is what role does that not have now have in the church what role should it have i don't think that politics should influence the church and yet it does okay i don't think that political movements should influence the church and yet it does and i'm going to go back to the title of of our uh, uh talk today which comes from Jesus very clearly saying, give to Caesar what is to Caesar's and give to God what is to God's. He is drawing a line and he's saying, look, this and that, they do not mix. And I think it's very important that they don't mix, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I actually wanted to mention on, on, on that, you know, sometimes we'll take that view, right? And we'll, we'll almost use it to justify our, you know, render to Caesar the things that are to Caesar and to God, the things that are God's. And we'll say, okay, well, that's Caesar's. You know, we're, we're going to stick to Like we're saying, uh, stick in our bubble. And this is, uh, this is God's, you know, and we're going to, we're going to separate the two to the point where, you know, we're, we're to the extremes, if you can say, but there's something in that, in that actual verse that I want to bring up that I think is crucial when Jesus is saying this, right. Uh, and it comes, it's in, in Mark 12, chapter 14, but I'm going to read it here. It says, and it says, then they sent him some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his words. It says, when they had come, they said to him, teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one, for you do not regard the person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Of course, then we, we get uh, the classic response that we know that Jesus, but I think it's absolutely crucial to notice what these people are saying. It says, teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance to truth. If we are looking for a biblical principle, right? And, and this is, this is the long stretch because we're going to, we're going to start to build these principles as we go uh, throughout this topic, but it says that you are a man of integrity. The question is, can we be people of integrity, right? In the church, in this, in, in between church and would you say, and, and politics, can we be a person of integrity, right? It says, you aren't swayed by others. So a person that isn't swayed by the liberal side, a person that isn't swayed by the conservative side, a person that isn't swayed by parties, and you could uh, integrate whatever you want, right? And this is the description they're giving Jesus, because you pay no attention to who they are, no matter what movement you are part of, right? We can uh, modernize it, but you teach the way of God in accordance to truth. And I think this is a great principle. Can we be a modern day Jesus or modern day John the Baptist, we can say, right, who speaks on injustice and not be compromised by the movements or not be compromised by the politics, right? If you, if you read what uh, Ellen White says on John the Baptist, it says that he kept to himself, right? But when he came out, it's not like he was a hermit that just kept to himself, but he would go out and speak against the injustices and, and, and speak the truth. Can we be in some sense in the modern day version a, a, a person who is a person of integrity, who's not sided to one side or to the other, who is not swayed, right, but speaks the truth. That is my question. It's a, it's, I think it's a fascinating question. For the record, um, just to, to make clear, when Jesus responds, render to Caesar and then render to God, the idea is don't mix them. But he doesn't mean don't pay your taxes, right? Like he's not, he's not going in there saying, hey, Oh, yeah. No, forget Caesar. He's not saying that. What he's saying is simply keep things separate. And there's an important thing going to what you're saying, because if you don't keep things separate, you will be swayed. You're going to be swayed, right? You're going to be influenced one way or another. And you have to keep 
what is of God pertaining to God only. Because if you don't do that, then eventually the political movements, the sides, the whatever it is. Remember, this is also happening in the context of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. They were they literally represented politics within the church in the in the time of Jesus. And and one of them was good with the Romans, the other one didn't like the Romans. Like, like literally, there's so many parallels to this uh, that you end up saying, okay, yeah, I get it. The principle here is very important. And and if Jesus, and, well, not if Jesus, we know that Jesus wasn't a man who was swayed, right? He was firm on his decision, not here nor there, but only for the truth. I think it's the same thing, right? We need to be good citizens, but we also need to be very good and faithful and loyal followers of Jesus. Can I, can I read one more verse for you guys? I, 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 I like the word that you use there uh, at the end, Mitch. It said, look at what it says here in 2 Corinthians 6, 11 through, uh, 6, 11 through 17, right? One of the, our most known verses, right? Where it says, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Can we, the question is, once again, be fighting for the same injustices that other movements are fighting for, but at the same time, be separate, hold to our integrity, and not see these things through the lens of politics, and not, through, see the, and not fight for these injustices through the lens of politics, or fight for these injustices through, the, through these movements, but fight for it through the, through the, through the lens of Jesus. Can I... Can I, can I? Can I say something, Jason, real quick? Real quick. Go ahead, go ahead. Just, sorry, sorry, just to answer specifically that question. The problem is that there is an issue of morality that Paul is describing in 2 Corinthians 6. When he says lawlessness, he's essentially saying people who are without law. And that means that we're talking about the moral law of God. And I think that's important because when he says stay away, right, unequally yoked. He's not talking about, hey, get, go away from the cities and, and, and the towns and forget everybody. No, he knows that you're going to live there. The idea isn't, uh, don't talk to me because you don't believe what I believe. No, he's just saying, look, you cannot join up with immoral things, right? You cannot join up with immoral people. You cannot marry someone who is immoral. That is a bad idea because then you're going to get swayed and influenced. And, and so um, it can, can, can we, is it possible for us to say moral justice, uh, love, equality, the things that God appreciates and tells us to pursue and everything else? Can we make that distinction? Because if we can, I think it's much easier to navigate. But if we cannot make those distinctions, we're in trouble. Sorry, Jason, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I just wanted to respond. Um, actually, it's going along with everything you guys have been saying, but um, something that I feel like that's really... That's, that's just completely missing nowadays, especially with everything that's going on right now, is the fact that people are forgetting to separate the two. They're, they're completely forgetting to separate things. And then um, there's actually a verse in, what is it? Um, it's, uh, 
Philippians 3.20, where it talks about our citizenship isn't here. It's from heaven. Now, a lot of people will take that as the pretext of like, oh, you, you like for, forget voting and all that. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not from this world and whatnot. But, but with that being said, like our citizenship obviously isn't from here, but as being like citizens of, of heaven, some like where we really belong, we have to be more like God. We have to be more like Jesus when it comes to the matter of politics. And so many people are forgetting to separate two things that instead of going out for, for, for injustices, instead of um, helping for things like that, they completely forget that. And they forget that we're primarily Christians before we are whatever mm. movement we decide to be. Mm. And they confuse those two identities. And once that confusion of identity happens, anything that, that the Bible says that is kind of against that movement or anything that is not according to the Bible with that movement, like they completely forget it. And they kick any Christian out the door that has a different point of view. Like there's no respect for different points of view now either. Yeah, yeah, that's that's huge. By the way, the text that you just read to me is very interesting. Uh, because if you are a citizen of a country, the idea is that your loyalty is to that country, right? And when when the Bible says, look, your citizenship in is in heaven, I, I think that gives us a really good principle on how to begin to deal with these things, right? Exactly. The idea is that the rules, check this out, the rules, the principles, the laws, the decisions that you are going to follow or make are based on what heaven says not what any other worldly kingdom would say. Now, where any of those principles, because I think this is important, right? Where any of those principles go against or are contradicted by something that any worldly kingdom would say, you follow God, not those kingdoms, right? Not, not whatever the kingdom says. But if there is something that the worldly kingdoms would say, and it doesn't necessarily conflict with something that God says, there's no problem being active in those things, Right? The question is, what is it that governs you? And I literally like uh, uh, kind of imagine that idea of a governor, right? The governor comes in, Governor Newsom comes in out here in California. We are in California. And again, everybody, thank you for watching us from wherever you're at. He comes in and he says, look, uh, hey, you guys got to wear masks. Now he's the governor, right? And, and sometimes these things get dictated into law and we abide by those laws. Now, when it comes to morality, when it comes to spirituality, the idea in this text is that you are a citizen of heaven. Therefore, whatever heaven dictates is what must be manifest in your life. I think that's powerful. And I think that's, that's the first thing, the first step in trying to navigate all these things. You got, you got to look at things that way. And right now, what you said with the whole Newsom thing, like something that like people try to bring out and use it in the wrong context is Romans 13. Mm. And, and Paul's clearly stating like, if the officials are guided by God, you know, and like, and then to me, like, if you really read it and really try to, to, to um, dissect the text, you see that it's talking about, okay, follow the rulers. But if something goes against what God is saying, if something goes against, against what what god's moral code is don't do it like that's not the way to go like yes honor the ruler yes give him respect but only mm. up until they, they they try to get deviate you from god mm. and right now with the masks it's ridiculous <laughs> i don't know if you guys have noticed at least in victorville along bear valley there's a certain restaurant 
Um, and on their sign, they clearly said something Newsom, like forget yeah. Newsom, but you know, yeah. something, else, something else along the line. Yeah. Well, well, but but look at the mass situation, right? And this is, and Andrew, I don't know what you think about this, but um, if if I'm a Christian, okay, like if 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 I am a follower of Christ, okay, first of all, I'm subject to Him above everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. You guys would agree with that, Andrew. You would agree with that, okay? Um, so therefore, I'm going to follow Him. Now, there is no thing in Scripture that says don't wear a mask. We agree with that, okay? Perfect. So so uh, <laughs> <laughs> now that you said that. I, I thought it was just ridiculous. Someone pulled out a text from Deuteronomy talking of the, the, the text goes along the lines of not putting something over a donkey's mouth because it will yes. restrict them from eating. They try to use that as a pretext to not wear a mask. And it's, I, right. it, it really, it really bugs me when people try to use the Bible way out of context. Cause then when you read the rest of it, you could clearly tell that it's sure. talking about making people suffer. Like don't sure. make people so sure, sure, sure. Throwing out there's sure. nobody well, but, but, tries to but, use that text. Yeah, but somebody may say, "Oh, well, look, but by wearing a mask, I'm suffering. Therefore, it's talking about me, right?" Because I heard that <laughs> argument too. But but this is what I wanted to say though. Look, so we now know that the mask essentially do not protect you. The purpose of the mask is to protect others, mm -hmm. right? And and so I I I think about it this way, and I say, "Well, oh, oh, wait a minute. You mean this is to protect others? There is a biblical principle about that." And that is how you should esteem others above yourself, right? And so I should be concerned about the health of others because that is a biblical principle. But sometimes we get stuck on one point and we don't realize that there are a series of principles, right, that guide our lives. And Andrew, I, again, this, I was trying to direct this to you real quick because I, I'm wondering what you think about that in, in that um, it's not just about, oh, does God say we have liberty? Yeah, we have liberty so we can do whatever we want. No, but there are other things that come along with that too that God says, and we got to include that in the way we live. Oh yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. Um, it's hard for me to say talk about this without smiling because I want to take this as serious as possible. But that that what you mentioned, Jason, my goodness, that's <laughs> I don't know, man. It made me laugh. It made me laugh. It, like, I, it, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I've I've been seeing different comments. You know, and um, I think I seen one, a couple comments talking about uh, the mask being a, a a preparation for the end times. I don't know if you guys have seen those that uh, about the mark of the beast, yes, like if, yes. if they're that they're conditioning us to to wear the mask or they're conditioning us to to uh, to wear these masks. I think it's we're starting to take these things a little bit out of context, you know, and. Um, uh, what, was, what was it that you were saying at the end, Mitchell? I, I had a thought towards that that, that I, I lost. No, that there, that there, that there isn't just one thing that God tells us to do. There are many things, right? God just didn't tell you, for example, that you are free to do whatever you want. But oh yeah, yeah, that's that's that. Yeah. It was reminding me of that verse because you were saying yes. It's just like a like in uh, Genesis, right, where he says, are, "Am I my brother's keeper?" Yes, right. Yes. And and that the, the fact is that we are our brother's keeper. And the idea there, uh, there's a verse where Paul is talking about us practicing our freedom. Right. Say we have this freedom. Right. He also talks about that in that verse. I don't know if it's in Corinthians where he says, be careful about practicing that freedom that you do have. Right. right. And pretty much the gist of that verse is him saying, putting others before yourself. Even if you have that, ver if you have that freedom, practicing that freedom in front of others. Right. And, and in essence, not putting your brother before anything else, I think can brings I, other consequences. Yeah. Can, can I, can I read the text? Cause the text yeah, is here. Bring it. It's, it's interesting. It's talking about foods uh, given uh, or sacrificed uh, yeah. to idols, right? 
And he says, this is 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 27. He says, if any of those who do not believe invites you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you, asking no question for conscience sake. By the way, this isn't eat any unclean or clean meat. It's eat any meat offered to an idol or food offered to an idol or not, right? He says, look, don't ask any questions for your conscience sake. He says, but if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, he says, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for conscience. And then he, and then he clarifies. Um, uh, for, uh, he says, conscience, I say not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? And he says, but if I partake with thanks, why am I, why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? And then he says, therefore, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that may that many may be saved. I, that, that's the text you were talking about. And, yeah. and, and before you continue, the, I, he says there, look, somebody's going to say, this is my liberty. I should do whatever I want to do. How are you going to restrict my liberty? He says, yeah, for sure. Restrict it for the sake of someone else so that they may see the kingdom. So when you got Christians, for example, who are out there saying, this is my right, I am free and coughing on others, right? I'm, that has nothing to do with Christianity. Nothing. Yeah, and then I, I want to add to that, uh, uh, the verse that that, um, that uh, Jason was actually uh, talking about in Romans 13, 1 through 8, because I think it has a lot of meat in it to unpack. It does. Let no, every no, soul... No pun, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, has a lot of veggie meat <laughs> in there. Uh, let every soul be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Right? I think this is the where we have trouble with this idea that that uh, that uh, someone has been appointed to their position. Right? We'll look at someone like uh, like Donald Trump and and those who dis who would disagree, you know, with, with what he says, and and we'll say, oh, you know, how is it that God has appointed? Uh, him and put him in this place but we tackled this a little bit uh, in our free will conversation if you guys want to see that right just because someone is appointed right to a certain place well whether good or or in uh, bad doesn't mean that that concept and it, that's a whole other subject sure, for sure, sure, sure. but it says therefore whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of god and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves in essence what it's saying is we are subject to these authorities because god has put them in this place and in, in their place right it says, for rulers are not a terror to do to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from, from the same. It says, for he is a God, he is God's minister for you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, and for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute the wrath on him who practices evil. I just want to stop there because this kind of kind of uh, brings up what's going on with the whole uh, uh, some of the riots in these movements. Yeah. Right. That's going on. It says for rulers are not a terror of good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good and you will have praise from from him. Right. And it's interesting because we think about these these it says that Bible verse pretty clearly says that. Someone on governing authority, someone in power is not going to do something evil to someone who's doing something good. Right. There's a way that we can protest. Right. In good contact, in good conduct and integrity. Right. And and it says continues this for it says, therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. So not just because 
you might get in trouble or something might happen to you. But just like Mitchell was saying, for your conscience sake, it says, for because of this, you will also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due taxes, to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor, owe no one anything except the love to one another, for he who loves one another has fulfilled the law. And I love that it that it, that it ends this, like this. It says, owe no one anything except love one another, for he is for he who loves one another has fulfilled the law, exactly as you were saying, uh, Mitch, right, and uh, talking earlier. But I think it's, it's absolutely powerful when we start to look at, at this and kind of uh, try to um, attach it to what's, what's going on today. Sure, sure. Um, I, I wanted to say something, Jason, because you mentioned something of a sign out on Bear Valley here in Victorville, uh, you know, that, that said, you know, whatever Newsome, right? Um, and uh, uh, you can almost imagine the political uh, standpoint that this person or this individual or this company, right, uh, where they come from and why they would say that. But the same thing is said about President Trump. And, and I, I'm, I, just, I just wanted to pick on that because I think it's such an important point. Honestly, it does not matter if you like or do not like Donald Trump. You cannot, as a Christian, speak in terms like that. You can't. You can't do it. Can't do it on social media. Can't do it among your friends. Can't even do it in silence. You can't do it. Let me, let me, let me give you guys a biblical principle here, right? This is a uh, uh, first Timothy two. And you guys probably have this verse somewhere in your notes. Cause it's almost impossible not to talk about uh, um, uh, this holy show politics and, and, uh, and people, but first Timothy two says, therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Notice for Kings. Whoa, whoa wait a minute to pray. Yeah, yeah. To pray, to pray for Kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our savior. Yeah, look, um, there was a story. Uh, I don't know, maybe less than a year ago. I think it was uh, Donald Trump showed up at an evangelical church, big evangelical church on a Sunday. Okay. Right before, I think it was uh, the story went like this right before the pastor. This is very well-known pastor. I want to say it was Matt Chandler. I'm not sure. But anyways, Right before he's about to preach, he gets notification that the president is coming to his church. So what would you do as a minister? President is coming. If I am going to grab what scripture says, you know what I would do? I would pray for the, for, for the president. I would pray for the president. Guess what he did? He prayed for the president. The problem was that after he did that, he got backlash from a bunch of people as to why he prayed for the president. And the response was, and by the way, look, whenever we talk about these things, there's always going to be somebody who's going to have a different point of view on this. And I get it. Okay. And there may be many different angles to this issue. Right. And he had to go in and explain why he prayed for the president. This wasn't something planned. He said, you know, but again, there's so much politics involved in how a Christian should respond and all these different things. Look, I don't think it's difficult to understand what the Bible is telling us. You just mentioned about loving everyone, right? This is loving fulfills the law. Okay. Perfect. So does that mean, Andrew, here, direct question to you, Jason, direct question to you. Does that mean that I also have to love Donald Trump if I don't like him? Does that mean I also got to love Gavin Newsom if I don't like him? The response, whether we you like it or not. response to that. Well, you got, oh, you got a biblical response? Go for it, okay? Because I was going to give a response here. You have it right now before five, I want It's Matthew 5. I just okay. The exact verse. Let me see. Matthew 5. 
while you get there, I just want to say something. Uh, just adding to what you were saying, Mitchell, I think is 100% true. You know, there's a lot of things that I don't agree with. And I'm going to say this out there and they might be put, crucify me with Donald Trump. But I am not going to go out there and make memes about this guy and do all these different things. Right. And, and, and uh, uh, how would you say it? Um, it says right here, give honor to those who are given honor. Whether we agree with a person in position or not, there is there is the two sides of the extreme, like like we were saying, right? Just how you say see some people doing the extreme with the mask for both ways. The same thing with uh, 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 the president, whether you, you agree with what he's doing or not, you're not. Well, as a Christian, right? It says it says let every soul be subject to governing authorities. When I see that and pay honor to honor to those who do honor, then what I see there as a Christian is. I can't be on there online and posting all these things. And, and, and I don't think that that is Christian-like. Sorry, uh, Jason. All right. So the, so the text is Matthew 5, verses 43 to 45. And it says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in, in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Hmm. There, there, there's no, there, there's no, there's no saying no to that. Like even Jesus himself did it. You really think right. Jesus didn't pray for the Pharisees? Right. You, you, you really think that, that even when he rebuked them, it clearly says it in the Bible that he did it with sorrow in his heart. Right. He still loved them, even though they were against him. He would still love them. Even if you like, just because you don't agree with political issues with someone, that right. doesn't change the fact that Jesus came to die for them on the cross. And that's what mm -hmm. a lot of people are forgetting. And mm -hmm. with a lot of the political movements, they're completely forgetting that Jesus came to die for every single individual mm -hmm. that lives on this planet. Amen. The, the Bible says, yet while we were still sinners. Jesus died for the ungodly, right? Exactly. So if Jesus did that without us deserving any of it, without us even having knowledge that that's what us that weren't even born yet, having knowledge that he was going to do that for us, how am I not going to go ahead and extend a prayer for someone that is doing me wrong? Hey, you don't, you don't know. What if that prayer actually helps that person? Because it, yeah the Bible says that it's, 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 it's good for us to intercede for others, even though they don't know that we're interceding for them. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. I, Jason, look, I, I, I agree with you. I think, I think we should pray. I think that's what scripture says. Clearly the text that you just mentioned, that is, that is, I don't think it can be clearer than that. I, I will say though, that there is this weird um, feeling or, or maybe this weird sentiment among people that if you pray for someone, that means then that you are in favor of that person or you agree with that person. And that is not what scripture teaches. Literally the mm -hmm. text you just read talks about literally praying and doing good to those who are spitefully persecuting you. Mm -hmm. In other words, who hate you and will persecute you. Check this out. Uh, this is, this is kind of an obscure text, but, um, but it's there. It's, it's found in Jeremiah chapter 29. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a prophecy about, or, or message, maybe more specifically, uh, about what the people should do when they're in Babylon. And in Jeremiah 29, and this is why I say it's obscure, because when you get to verse 10, it talks about the 70-year prophecy, which is the prophecy that Daniel was looking into, into how many years 
they were going to be at Babylon. If you guys remember that story, he's praying in Daniel 9, and he's looking into all those years, and he's wondering, when is this going to take place? So that's where that prophecy comes from. It's overshadowed by that. But when you look at what happens right before that in, in Jeremiah 29, 7, um, uh, picture this. Babylon has come. They have destroyed your city. They have destroyed your people. They have killed family members, friends. They have done all those things. They have taken your young captive. They have taken your leaders captive. They have humiliated you in front of the entire world. And God tells the people, verse 7, seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. This tells me two things. The first thing it tells me is that you may not like the U.S. government. You may not like who runs the U.S. government. You may not like who runs the government of California. doesn't matter. Bible says you got to pray for them right there. Okay. They may have done things against you. I know people right now who are picturing this whole thing of closing down churches. And they're like, look, the government is against the church, et cetera, et cetera. doesn't matter. The Bible says you got to pray for them. That's the first thing. But the second thing is this. According to this verse, it says, seek the peace of the city. In other words, we are to work in favor for a better society, all the while God is working into restoring back the people to their kingdom. So there's a prophecy of something that's going to come. Sound familiar, right? Like we're waiting for a prophecy of something that's going to come, right? Mm -hmm. But in the meanwhile, he says, seek the peace of the city. And that to me is so, so powerful uh, because at the end of everything that we talk about, we don't even want to come out with our own opinions. We'd simply want to say, what does the Bible say about these things? That's undeniable. Just like Matthew 5 is undeniable. Just like uh, Romans is undeniable. Just like 1 Corinthians is undeniable. Just like 1 Timothy 2 is undeniable. These things are clear and repeated a number of times in Scripture. By the way, just to add to that, you know, you said we don't want to come out with our own opinions. Uh, we were talking about this earlier throughout the week. You know, it seems like we're, we're in this place where, well, I personally have seen, you know, where you can look at someone's Facebook page, right? And you can say, oh, well, that person believes like this, delete. Oh, this person agrees with me. Okay, you know, I'll friend him, you know? And you see all these things through Facebook. And it's almost like, I was telling you that I almost don't even want to post anything because it's, it's come to this place where you can, you can almost see someone's view and how they think about things. And we're not living like uh, Jason was saying in a place of tolerance. Where we can say, oh, okay, I agree with you or I disagree with you. It's okay, right? It's either you agree with me or you don't, right? And it's almost like you have to be very careful with what you post because then it tells how you believe or how you view things. You, you don't even, and the crazy thing is you don't even have to see a, a, a post from a person. You can just see by, oh, this person kept liking this. This person dislikes this. Right, oh, right. I know how they, how they think, right? And it comes to this place where all of a sudden we can't sit down like we are here and have conversations, no, no. right? We have, we have, we don't have physical conversations where we can uh, agree to disagree, right? It's just this, this is who I am, this cyber version of me, right? Do you agree with me or not? But absolutely, we're not, I just, just want to throw out there, you know, we're not trying to put our opinions out there. We're trying to go with what the Bible says and, and form our thoughts from there. Just to like make it like more, like, like in cause of everything that's going on, when you see somebody with the American flag on their vehicle, hmm. what does that automatically make you think? The, the fact that you guys are smiling already gives me my answer. I, like, so, you know, look, I, can I tell you why I'm smiling, Jason? I'm smiling because yesterday 
I had this truck that was coming up on me like super fast right behind me, white truck. And it had two massive American flags. And I, I, I could tell you the first thing I thought of, I was like, oh man, this must be some guy from like the South or something like that. That's the first thing I thought of, dude. <laughs> that, this is what's crazy. Hey, you know why, you know why I smile? flag doesn't represent any of that. The flag doesn't represent racism. The flag doesn't represent white supremacy. It's not supposed to. It's literally in the inscription, the land of the free and the home of the brave. It's supposed to represent liberty, but because of everything that's going on, all the turmoil in the country, that's what we see. And sometimes those things as a Christian blind us from what the Bible is really telling us to do. It's so clear. It says, pray for your enemy. Yeah, you don't like the fact that that guy's waving those flags, but Jesus still came to die for him. Mm. You don't like the fact that that, the, that man along, along Bear Valley Road over in Apple Valley is like, has all the Trump signs on his wheelchair and whatnot, yeah. but yeah. God still went to die for him. Yeah. And, like people... Hey, you, hey, that's why I was Jesus, laughing. Jesus was so tolerant of so many views. Yes, when when he had to, he he would he would um he would tell him what was wrong, and he would tell him what was right when he had to. But he was so tolerant. And as Christians, we always forget to have tolerance for others. Just how Jesus has so much tolerance for us, because we literally fail him day in and day out. There's not a single perfect person walking on this earth, so we fail him day in and day out. Yet he's so tolerant of us to the point that he sent Jesus on the cross to die for us and is still pleading for us every single day. Yet we can't share a little bit of that mercy to somebody else. And that sometimes blows my mind. It's like, how can you be a Christian and still not at least have mercy towards others or have compassion, even if he has different political views from you? Now, That's we, all, we all, yeah. By the way, we all, none of us here are saying that we're perfect in this situation. Yeah. I think, I think we, we all are working towards that. And I definitely have seen my, I got to check myself many times and be like, wow, uh, I, I can't believe this is the reaction I'm getting towards that. Right. But uh, we're human and obviously reactions are normal. The problem is that you have to check those reactions and responses on your Christianity, right? You got, you got to check it with your Christianity. In other words, that's the filter that everything must go through. Um, and, and there's, there's really no other way around that, right? Christianity must come first. The principles and values of Christ must come first in every way that you respond. That's why, look, I'm telling you, honestly, I, I, it saddens me when I see Christians on either side of the political spectrum. Like I'm not even, I'm not even concerned about what side of the political spectrum you're on, but either side of the political spectrum talking about, you know, uh, curse this guy, curse that guy. Um, um, making fun of so-and-so, uh, going on rants and, and just saying all these things that are so unlike a Christian. I don't, honestly, I don't even care if you feel passionate about it. I feel passionate about many things. I still have to check that with my Christianity. Still have to do that. Exactly why I noted the flag thing, because at first, and, and it's something that I've been trying to work on with myself. Like I would see somebody with the flag, oh man, I, I kind of don't already, already don't like this individual. And I sat down with one of my siblings and we were talking about that. And well, specifically my little brother. And in that conversation, it made me realize like, dude, how am I already discriminating against someone? How am I already being changing my view and my feelings towards someone when I don't even know them just because of a flag. And I have no idea who that person is. I have no idea. Can't do that, yeah. The only thing that I do know is that God came to die for them. So that already gives the gives me the the duty 
to be respectful to that person and to care for that person. And that to me is what should matter more. The person's life, not, not necessarily what they're doing, but, but their life should be what matters to me. And that is a huge problem right now. Yeah. I wanted to add a a quote from uh, Ellen White from uh, uh, messages to young people. It says the fear of the Lord lies at the foundation of all true greatness. We are to hold all temporal claims and interests in subjection to the higher claims of the gospel of Christ. As disciples of Christ, you are not to be debarred from engaging in temporal pursuits, but you should carry your religion with you and, and, and balanced by religious principles. You may climb to any height you please. Further, our God-given powers and talents are not to be perverted, to do evil and destroy others, or to be used to spread moral ruin or corruption. Rather, our responsibilities are to be faithful and conscientiously discharged, right? Kind of going with what uh, Mitch said, you know, we're, we're not perfect in any sense. We're trying to uh, be uh, as balanced as we can and, and work out these principles. As we're saying, you know, uh, we have a, a comment here from uh, Julio Santos that says, um, imagine if the BLM, uh, the Black Lives Matter and Tifa movement reacted to the injustices by praying with the energy they use for destroying statues and causing violence, right? And, and that's where we kind of use this principle that we're talking about. Can and, and I think that would lead to our next question, you know, can we be a part of these political movements as, as, as Christians, as Seventh-day Adventists, you know, can we yeah. be part of these? And if we can, you know, in what sense, right? Yeah. I think uh, uh, Julio Santos gives us a, a, a perfect uh, principle, right? That if we were to entertain these, these thoughts of being in these, uh, uh, these movements, what is some of the characteristics of, of these people or how we should enter these movements? So, so can, I, can I share two things with you guys? Uh, number one, uh, when um, George Floyd uh, was killed, because he was killed in my opinion, but when George Floyd was killed, uh, murdered, um, and all these things broke out, I, I had an issue. And, and I'm going to confess this to you guys. And for that matter, it's going to be on record on YouTube. And here we go, right? But I, I had an issue, which was if a young person asked me, can I go and protest? What would my answer be, right? And so my answer was, I was thinking, okay, well, what are we protesting? If my protest is let's end discrimination based on color, I'm, I'm for it. Okay. I'm, I'm saying it right now. I'm for it. I, I believe that nobody should be discriminated for the, for the color of their skin. I, look, let's just say right now, right? I don't believe they should, you should be discriminated by the color of your skin, where you were born, even your sexual orientation or your gender orientation for that matter. No, no one should be discriminated towards, right? Because all, all, um, all created lives by God have value in his eyes. Okay. All of them. I may disagree with some of the things that, uh, that certain people practice fine, but that doesn't mean discrimination is right. So I say, okay, fine. I'm going to go in and I'm going to, um, uh, say, okay, go and protest. Now, if in this protest, you're also saying, and again, I, I'm not going to use any curse words, but you know, uh, I've seen this F the police. Okay. If in that same protest, can I tell a young person, go ahead and participate in that? As a Christian, the answer is no, I can't do that. Okay. And this was my issue that sometimes this is a problem with political movements is that sometimes they get mixed into each other, good and things that are not good mm-hmm. in the eyes of God. Okay. Both. Let me give you one other example. This is the second one I wanted to point out to. And Jason, you are going to love this one. Uh, Southern Adventist university came out with a uh, publication, uh, uh, a, a tweet, a, a uh, post, uh, a statement, a statement. That's the word I'm looking for. 
that basically said that they believe that, bl all, uh, that, uh, that black lives matter. Okay, they believe that black lives matter. Uh, they believe that they're valued before God, et cetera, et cetera. But they do not align themselves with the values of the Black uh, Lives Matter organization. Now, the problem today is that words don't mean anything anymore for anyone, okay? Because when I read that, I said, yeah, I get it. They're saying they believe that Black Lives Matter. They align themselves with the Black Lives Matter message. They are not aligning themselves with the Black Lives Matter organization, which for the record, there is an organization mm -hmm. that is Black Lives Matter. And if you go on, uh, and I don't even have to be the only one to say this. Marcellus Wiley on ESPN was talking about this out in the open, saying, look, I went on to their webpage and I looked at their values. And he's like, no, I don't agree with these values. One of the things that I don't agree with in the Black Lives Matter organization value is the fact that they want to blow up the nuclear family. And what is the nuclear family? That is defined, and by the way, you can look at this as a statement that came out from the... Uh, 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 the National um, uh, African-American Museum out of Washington, D.C., they came out with this post that said very clearly that nuclear family is a father and a mother and two and a half kids. Now, it could be more than, uh, I think it's 2.3 kids. But the point is the mother and the father. Now, I understand why Black Lives Matter organization says this, okay? And I don't mean to get political, but I just want to use this as an example. Um, I understand why they would say that because they're saying, look, we need help from everyone in raising a child. True. But the biblical ideal is for there to be a father and a mother raising children primarily. That is the biblical ideal. Does it happen all the time in a world full of sin? No, we get that, right? And you need help from others. But this is where my issue was at. So Southern posts this, and then all of a sudden, backlash. Huge backlash. Okay, huge. From the Christian community, as Jason had mentioned earlier, right? From the Christian community. Some of the things we cannot even read on air right now because it's just not Christian-like, all right, at all. Why? Because they did not agree with Southern's position. Now, they were saying, well, what is it that you don't align yourself? What values don't you align yourself with Black Lives Matter? But couldn't I say the same thing about the message that Southern said? What is it that you don't like about the message that Southern Ad Adventist University said? When? The fact that Black Lives Matter? Because I agree with that. What was the problem with that message? Oh, it's that you don't align yourself with every single thing that everyone out there is saying. This is the problem with participating in political movements. We got to keep our eyes open, which is that there are good things along with bad things. But for the record, you could say that about anything. Jason, Andrew, I could say that about church. Just because it's at church doesn't mean I go along with it. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Like, like, But we do that at church. We just don't do it with political movements, Right. At church, there are things that should not happen. Oh, but it's at church, so it's no problem. No, that's not the way it works. That's the way it works. You have to test the spirits is what the Bible says. You got to see if it's from God or if it's not. And I think that's what happens with political movements. I have no problem in you participating in a movement. But the moment that it goes against something that God has established as a principle, you got to take a step back and find another way to support the movement but not in sell itself the politics behind that movement. And, and I actually have a quote from their webpage from the Black Lives Matter, Matter, uh, uh, Matter page. It says, we foster a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the light, from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather the belief that in all the world are, are heterosexual, mm. right? So this, like you were saying, they want to break up the nuclear family. And I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier in the beginning, right? Is it possible that we can fight for the same injustices, the same uh, 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 things and in, 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 in policies, right, or against policies 
that some of these movements are fighting for, but doing it through the lens of Jesus and not through the lens of the movement. Because when you fight, when you do these things through the movement, all of a sudden you get the extra baggage that sometimes mm. you don't agree with. Mm. And sometimes we, like you said, uh, like we were talking about earlier, for the purpose of ecumenical movements, we put all those things aside and we say, you know what? We fight for the greater cause. But in doing that, you compromise your Christianity. Uh, uh, Jason, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that, that, that's exactly the problem. What you said at the end, compromising. There is no way that as a Christian, you can compromise your values anyhow. And we've, we've actually talked about this before. In one of our conversations, we talked about compromising is just not the way to go for a Christian. You can't compromise and any of the values that God, any of the moral laws from God, you just can't compromise those. And people are forgetting, especially now with all of these movements, not just Black Lives Matter, but all the political movements that are going on, all everything that's going on right now, specifically in, in our time right now, everybody's comp compromising for the greater good. Hmm. But does that greater good really go with what the Bible's teaching us? That's where that, that's where we need to draw the line on compromising. Can I can I can I push back on you guys just a little bit here? Because uh, I, mean, I mean I'm not pushing back actually. You know that's not what I'm doing. But I just wanted to say that I think that there is a fundamental problem uh, that w w that leads us to compromising at times. Okay. So you say, can I join this political movement? Can I join this protest? Question is, why wasn't the church organizing the protest to begin with? Why wasn't the what? Why wasn't the church organizing the protest to begin with? You see, what I'm, what I'm saying is this. Look, the reason why so many times we run the risk of compromising is because we're not doing anything either. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you understand Agreed. what I'm saying? I like, uh, the idea would be like, oh, man, you know what? Look, I, I don't I, I can't align myself, for example. Right. Southern Adventist University. And I think this is part of the backlash, uh, Jason. Right. The yeah. idea is, look, uh, Southern Adventist University says, look, um, uh, no, I, you know, Black, Black Lives Matter. We, we don't align ourselves with all the values of the organization. But then the question becomes, well, what are you doing? Right. And I think that we can we can begin to try to navigate all these things and we say, all right. Well, look, I can't go to that protest because I know the message, one of the messages that they're saying. But you know what? I'm going to go and call upon my Christian friends and we're going to do this the Christian way. Mm. That's not what we do, though. You see what I'm saying? Look, uh, I had a conversation with the brother recently who was telling me that he was a Democrat, diehard Democrat. I'm like, what? I don't think you can be diehard Democrat. I don't think you can be a diehard Republican if you are a diehard Christian. Yeah, you guys may disagree with me on this, but I, no, I, 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 no, I, no, no, I completely agree with you on this. I, I completely agree. And also, I want to say that sometimes I feel like I've heard this so many times. I'm going to vote for so-and-so person because, oh, well, I know he doesn't believe in this, but you know what? He does believe in this, and, and, and I want that greater cause to be, uh, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, I know this this guy, uh, this such-and-so be uh, believes in, in abortion, but you know, he's going to do this with the taxes or so-and-so or the, or the other way around, you know, oh, I know that, you know, and I think we make these compromises, right? And this is my personal opinion. And this is, I've, I've told you, talked to you this about this before. And my personal conviction, I wouldn't put this on anybody, right? Is I don't vote for a particular person, but I vote for policies hmm. because of that conviction that I have in that sense that, you know, you have to compromise to some extent, right? And what we'll say is, 
well, if I vote for so-and-so who does align with my thoughts, he's not going to win because he's not one of the favorites. But we say, so what? Is your integrity kept? When you, are your Christian values kept in voting for someone, even if you know they're not going to win? You know? It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Now, um, again, my whole argument with this is that the moment that I put Christ and his principles first, okay, the moment I do this, all of a sudden, everything else takes second place. Check out what Ellen White says. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to just throw oh, oh. some, yeah, just throw some, some quick quotes at you, very quick phrases. But notice this, okay? Uh, she says, the Lord would have his people bury political questions. We cannot, with safety, vote for political parties. Let political questions alone. It is a mistake for you to link your interests with any political party to cast your vote with them or for them. Now, if you think what she's saying is do not get involved in these things, that's not what she's saying. What she's saying is that if you are a Christian, you cannot just automatically link yourself to, for example, the Democratic Party and say, well, I'm a Christian and therefore this is what I'm going to go for. But truth be told, it's more often the other way around. Like as Hispanics, I think specifically <laughs> come in and we say I'm a Democrat because they fight for Hispanics uh, and others say, well, no, I'm a Republican because they're pro-Christian. I would say neither. Right. I would say neither because neither party truly represents what Jesus stands for. So vote in favor of what Jesus stands for and abstain from the things that go against what Jesus stands for. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, I think that's the way you have to navigate this. By the way, let me just say one more thing here, uh, Andrew. Um, here comes the other problem. Just kind of extending this issue with the church and not doing anything. I can't participate in this, but they don't do anything either. Why is it then that we don't have, like we go in and we look at our leaders and we criticize them left and right. But I don't see the people who are criticizing say, you know what, I'm going to run for office and I'm going to go and try to bring change in the way that Jesus would want to. Because check this out. Let me just read this real quick and then, and then I'll, I'll finish there. It says, um, uh, she says, uh, uh, this is an education 262. Many a lad today, young person, growing up as did Daniel in his Judean home, studying God's word and his works, and learning the lessons of faithful service will yet stand in legislative assemblies, in halls of justice, or in royal courts as a witness for the king of kings. She continues, have you thoughts that you dare not express that you may one day sit in deliberative and legislative councils, councils and help to enact laws for the nation? There is nothing wrong in these aspirations. Look, the problem is that we just, it's easier to criticize than to actually participate. And I think that if we are going to be active in these things, it's, it's time to start thinking, how can we be participants, but still maintain the principles of, of Jesus? By the way, I, I would never enjoy, join up with Antifa, okay? I would never join up with Antifa because they don't stand for biblical principles, aside from the fact that they've been uh, determined to be a uh, uh, terrorist organization. But I'm just saying, they <laughs> don't stand for biblical principles, therefore, I can't join up with them. But can I go in and try to fight for justice? Absolutely. No, I wanted to, to add to everything you're saying. I think I wanted to go through some quotes from you be, with, with, uh, from the pioneers with you guys because I think it perfectly shows the mindset uh, of our pioneers at that time. And I think it, sh it shows a lot about what our mindset should be today. Because if you're not struggling with this issue, and I'm not saying that I have it right by any, by any chance, by any stretch of the means, I still struggle with with these ideas that's my personal conviction right now it could it could change and i would never impose that on anyone but 
you can see the things that they were struggling with. And I think it's beautiful because you say, wow, okay, I could see how they under, understood that. And you could see how they move forward and go back and forth, right? Uriah Smith, one uh, um, uh, uh, writes, no, I mean, uh, David Hewitt, seven years before the church was formed, says, my brethren, shall we spend our time in political campaigns when we so soon expect Christ and all of his glory uh, and all the glory of his father and all the holy angels with him when he shall sit upon his throne in glory? That's in the Review and Herald, right? Seven years before the church was formed. Again, we're getting this idea of, some, of someone who, like we're saying, is in that bubble and says, oh, well, all we're worried about is Jesus coming. Why should you get in politics, involved in politics, right? That's, that's one perspective. And you can see that. You can understand that. Like, oh, okay, right? Then we have Uriah Smith, right? In 1856 says, under these circumstances, if I cast my vote at all, he said, it will tell for or against the making of the image. If I vote in favor of the formation of the image, I shall aid in creating an abomination which will persecute the saints of God. On the other hand, if I vote against this work, I shall vote against the fulfillment of prophecy. Therefore, I cannot vote at all. So we see their mentality of these people, of our pioneers. They're, they're struggling with this idea like, am I going to aid in prophecy? Am I not? Right? And I think these, these are the concepts we have to understand. Continue. Another one that says, Uriah Smith. I cannot vote for a bad man, for that is against my principles. And under the present corrupt and corrupting state of politics, I could not wish to elevate a good man to office, for it would ruin him. Again, we see that struggle. So he doesn't want to put a bad man in office because it's against his principles. At the same time, he doesn't want to put a good person into office because it might corrupt him. Sure, sure. Again, all these principles, I think, are crucial in understanding how, how we start to think about these. James White says... The political excitement of 1860 will probably run as, a high, as high as it has for many years. And we would warn our brethren not to be drawn into it. We are not prepared to prove from the Bible that it would be wrong for a believer in the third angel's message to go in a manner becoming his profession and cast his vote. We do not recommend this. Neither do we oppose. If a brother chooses to vote, we cannot condemn him. And we want the same liberty if we do not. You see the same ideas through all, all these. And I think it's, it's absolutely beautiful that we're seeing our pioneers having the same struggles. Hopefully some of all, us are having with these ideas, right? It says, uh, uh, this is the Ellen White and James White. I don't want to keep going, but this is the last one I'll mention. It says that in our judgment, the act of voting when exercised in the behalf of justice, humanity, and, and right is in itself blameless and may be at sometimes highly proper, but that but that the casting of any vote that shall strengthen the cause of such crimes as intemperance, like what you were saying, Mitch, right? Insurrection and slavery, we regard as highly criminal in the sight of heaven, but we would depreciate any participation in the spirit of the party of strife, right? What we're talking about, people of strife. So you, just in these couple quotes, you can see how there is this struggle, right, of, of the conscience in trying to uh, uh, settle these matters. And I think that this is what has to happen with us, right? Going back to the scripture, uh, going back to uh, 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 the spirit of prophecy and saying, how can we personally come out to with our convictions on the other side? Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to say something real quick. That last uh, quote uh, wasn't so much from Ellen White. It was written in Review and Herald, uh, but it was a resolution that the, yeah, that result, the church, yeah. Yeah, that, that the church administration published in the Review and Herald, right? Basically saying, look, 
if you're going to vote in favor of justice, of humanity, et cetera. Uh, by the way, um, in regards to uh, Ellen White, right, uh, selected messages, uh, the decision to vote for candidates is a personal decision. If you vote, keep your voting to yourself. To yourself. Obviously, Twitter, Twitter did not exist back then. So I, you know, <laughs> I don't know what she would have said now, right? Do not feel it your duty to urge everyone to do as you do. And, and to me, this is this is kind of virtue signaling today, right? This whole idea, look at me, look what I'm doing. You should be doing the same thing. Oh, you're not doing the same thing? Oh, shame on you. Mm -hmm. I, that's that's not that's not uh, becoming of a Christian, not at all, right? Uh, she says, "Look, keep these things to yourself." Now she's not saying don't be active because I think this is something that also must be stated. Um, if you notice the resolution that that you read, Andrew, talks about uh, intemperance, insurrection, and slavery. N notice, by the way, crimes as because I have the same quote here: crimes as intemperance insurrection and slavery from the very beginning the church had uh, the pioneers had a very very uh um clear stance for example on slavery on discrimination they were they were against it like if, if you look at the history of the adventist church against uh, as an abolitionist movement many of these pioneers it's there it's clear they saw slavery as a crime they were not out there as christians trying to support it but you notice that even then she's saying look keep these things to yourself be active in the movements, but you can't force someone to say to do something or you can't force someone to believe a certain way, which, Jason, is what we're seeing on Twitter and on social media. This pressure. Oh, cancel culture. I know I know we've talked about this. You, you, <laughs> you detest I'm very vocal cancel about culture. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, who was it recently? Um, the uh, the uh, black actor, uh, the guy that hosts um, that one show. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking out on his name, um, who, who said that Black Lives Matter uh, is was a black supremacist movement. Oh, um, the guy that does uh, the, 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 the Terry, uh, Terry Crews. Terry Crews, there you go. Terry Crews, yeah. He goes in and says that. He gets all this backlash and cancel culture kicks in trying to kick him out of the waves and all these things. No, 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 no. That's, that's not. Well, look, maybe out there they may do that. But as Christians, we cannot participate in that. Uh, I've, I think I've expressed this before. I am not a fan at all of Bill Maher. Cannot stand Bill Maher, Okay. I, I think Bill Maher is so irreverent and blasphemous towards God. Hey, would you pray for him? I would have to pray for him, man. That's the thing that beats me up. But you know what? I don't believe that you should be canceled. I don't. Because I think that that's not what we're about. By the way, the idea of forcing someone's thought is actually satanic. Because that is what Satan does. He uses the things that he has around us to force us into thinking a certain way. God is a God of liberty. He lets you choose and decide, not force. See, like we said, I think, I think I've said it plenty of times with council culture. Jesus's culture is not was not about that at all. Jesus was rebuking, not counseling, but re-educating the person. Mm. And that's that's the problem with council culture. They just rebuke and try to erase you just because you don't have the same ideologies or you don't have the same beliefs. Even though Jesus is like, no, 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 look. This is wrong, man, but this is what's right. And as a Christian, that's really what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to rebuke like Jesus did with love and tell him like, look, man, this is the problem. But look, the Bible gives us a solution or Jesus could give us a solution. You know, and th that's that's my main issue with it. Uh, did, did, yeah. Have you have you guys ever noticed that Jesus, um, he would uh, face people who were against him, like, for example, the Pharisees, right? 
did you ever notice that he actually hears them out? Yeah, in the Bible, like he lets them talk first. Yeah, but he lets them talk first, and then he talks after. And I'm glad that you bring up this whole talking, talking, talking face to face with someone. Um, I cannot remember the name of the guy at all right now. It's just it's a, it's a black gentleman, and he's converted. I don't know how many KKK members, and made them leave the KKK. Mm, mm. And one of his things was like, okay, yeah, we don't have the same point of views but he's like you know what matters he's like that i sit down and i talk to them i sit down and we discuss our point of views he's like we don't argue we discuss our point of views and that's that's something that's missing a lot because now if you go on twitter everything is an argument there is no discussion whatsoever yeah everything online and social media it's an argument no one really tries to listen out to the person's point of view and belittling too agree with me you don't agree with me and with this movement behind me that's it you're canceled and right. that's not how it works. Things are fixed. Problems, so, solutions come by sitting down and talking to the person, having a discussion of what's going on, seeing the pros and seeing the cons, looking at what's bad and what's good. That's how things are fixed. Not by immediately trying to cancel someone just because they don't agree with you. Sure, sure. Um, I, I, uh, Andrew, I wanna, I wanna see what you think about this too, um, uh, regarding Jesus. I, and I appreciate Jason's answer on this, uh, but regarding Jesus, uh, one of his disciples was Simon the Zealot. And I don't know if you guys know anything about the Zealots, but the Zealots were essentially terrorists. Okay? I mean, they were, they were disruptors. They were about burning things down, about waging war against the Romans. And he had them in there. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus was aligning with what the Zealots believed. But uh, Jesus definitely saw that he also was welcomed into the kingdom of God. That is under the principles of the kingdom of God, right? He's trying to teach everyone. Just like he's trying to teach a fisherman, tax collector, and a zealot. What, what, what do you think that says to us, uh, Andrew, about, about like how we should approach those who perhaps have a completely different way of, of doing things? I think it's absolutely true. Uh, I think the first thing that stands out is that Jesus works with us. <laughs> and we have our, our, our flaws, right? And the things that, that we, we, we know only the closest people know, the, uh, the closest people to us know, right? Our, our spouses or our, you know, our girlfriends, whatever, you know. And I think when we see that, we see a, a Jesus who is tolerant in every sense of, of the word, right? Uh, someone who, um, you know, who deals with us in our imperfections and at the same time works through us, mm. right? Mm. And I think that when we see that, that is the gospel message in itself should be a reflection on how we approach people, mm. right? There's a, there's a quote from Ellen White. It's not, it's not uh, coming to my, oh, I think you mentioned it last time, right? With, uh, with uh, um, when uh, Chris was on, Christopher, where he's talking about that, that Jesus spoke to every person with tact, yeah. never spoke a, a, un, a, a hateful word or a word out of, you know, but right. always did it in love, but always spoke the truth, right? And I think right. that, that we can use that same example is that we can, use our not only our platform right or we can have conversations real conversations with people right obviously right now it's tough to do that because we're in the the whole lockdown and that's why we're trying to do use this avenue to to be able to do that but sure i think that that that's the the, the method that we have to use to, to try to reach people you know we can't uh start a shouting match with someone and expect them to uh in any way meet jesus right or be able to uh, see his perspective 
on how to tackle some of these movements or or, or, or these politics. Yeah, this this also, and, in my opinion, uh, means that you cannot force people either either to uh, to believe what you believe, even if it is Christian. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like what you want them to do. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like we're talking about others and how you cancel culture and trying to force people to do this and to do that, but we can't do that as Christians either. Right. And say, oh, because uh, I'm coming from Christian principles. Therefore, I'm going to pressure you until you believe exactly. this thing. I, I don't think that works. This is why there's like questions. Uh, and, and I know I, I think Julio took back the question, but I don't know if you guys caught a caught a glimpse of it. Right. Which was the question is, if you would vote for marriage equality, for example, and and those are, uh, you know, among like same sex marriages. Uh, it, the question is not there anymore. I know he retracted it, but I, I always what ask was the question. question what, was it, what was it again? If, if you would vote for. Uh, marriage, something like that. If you would vote for like uh, same-sex uh, marriage equality, knowing that Jesus stood for equality, and and it's it's a fascinating question, fascinating conversation, probably a little bit out of the scope of what we want to talk yeah. about today. But but well, I think, do you think I it's think, a topic we eventually will need to cover? No, no, no. But I'm not even yeah. But I'm not even talking about the issue of same-sex marriage. Um, I, I'm I'm talking about this idea that uh, sometimes we want to legislate Christianity. Like, like literally, right? We want to legislate Christianity. We want to make it illegal for a woman to have an abortion. And I, 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 get, I get worried about that. I'm not in favor of abortion. But I don't know if I feel comfortable establishing a law that forces someone to think the way that I do. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe, I'm, uh, maybe I'm just thinking out loud right now and I haven't thought this out properly. Something to definitely just logically, well, at least me, right? Just logically run through this. But I just think of the same thing. Like if, if I uh, give you an example that maybe is not as controversial, but if all of a sudden there was a law that said, hey, we're going to keep the Sabbath. We're going to mandate that everybody keep the seventh day as Sabbath for 24 hours. Everything must close. Would you be in favor of it? And my answer, this is going to sound weird, but my answer is no. I would not be in favor of that. I don't believe that when King Nebuchadnezzar comes in, we were talking about this with Geo uh, in, in Daniel chapter three, he goes in and establishes a law that, you know, no one can talk about God, uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's king, uh, God, I'm sorry. And, uh, and there's a law in favor of that. I, I don't believe that's the way of doing things. I don't. I believe that, there, that God really values freedom and a, a choice that is completely free. So even as Christians, we cannot be forcing people to think a certain way. Just like, just for example, in, in the Bible, with Jesus himself and Judas, he knew at that dinner, he knew Judas was going to, Judas was going to have already made his choice. And what does he tell him? He's like, do what you have to do. He doesn't tell him, hey, look, Judas, why are you going to kill me? Like, you shouldn't kill me. You I'm going get... to make you do this. I'm going to yeah, make you do this. He doesn't this. do that. He says, hey, do what you got. He broke bread with him. He mm. shared, he, he shared the same drink in Passover. Mm. He spent all this time with him and he already knew Jesus, that Judas had made this decision and he still said, hey, do what you have to do. We can't, if Jesus doesn't force us to love him, if Jesus doesn't force us to accept him, why am I going to force my views on someone else? Sure. Even if, even if the Bible tells me that what they're doing is wrong, even if, even if that. But, but does that mean you can't share, Jason? It doesn't mean that we can't share at all. I could tell him, hey, look, this is what the Bible says. Now, it's to that person to see if they're going to accept it or not. I can't force it on him. I can tell him, hey, look, just because you, just because of you do so-and-so thing, you're, gonna, you're not going to go to heaven. That's not my – I'm not the one that judges them. I am not a judge. 
I, rep- I, I, I present to them the truth. Now what they do with the truth, that's, the, that, that's up to them. I could try as many times as I want to point them to the truth, but it's not my job at all to judge them and to tell them, hey, you're not going to heaven or you are going to heaven or you're worthy of God's, of, of God's mercy or you're not worthy of God's mercy. That is not my job at all. And it's the same thing like with politics, like just because you think you think democratic or you think Republican, I am not going to go ahead and judge you. Like, I'm not going to tell you, Hey, your points of view are wrong with the Bible. I could point, point out the things that the Bible points out, but then again, it's up to that person to do what they want to do with that information. It's not my, it's not my, not my, I can't force my will on them. And and not to go too off topic, but to what your question was saying, I think it's a really good question, uh, Mitch, uh, that uh, Julio mentioned, right? You know, and it's that struggle of, of, of the sin, right? Or, or, you know, in which sense are we, you know, the whole voting, right? Are, are we going to vote uh, for, you know, we're all about Jesus's free will, Jesus's free choice. But at what point does that conflict with, with what we believe, right? It reminds me of Romans 1, uh, the chapter of Romans 1, 1, where it says, in, in 28, we're going to go from there. So then even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to their debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual morality, wickedness, covetousness, malice, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, <laughs> indiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Right. This is the things that we we. This is the verse that we we not share to a new believer if we had, if we had to. Right says but the very end says who knowing the righteous judgment of god that those who practice such things are things are deserving of death not only do the same things but also approve of those who practice those things and my question would be are we approving of those things in voting for that in in, in allowing that in ephesians 5 7 it says do not be partaker in these things in the in the in the in, the, in, the, in these things and i think there is a sense when there is a sin and then there is a place where we ourselves become a partaker of that sin. Mm. Right. We use, and this is going way off topic, but, but uh, you know, uh, back going back to uh, that, um, that baker that didn't want to bake that cake for that, mm-hmm. for the, the homosexual couple that wanted to get married. Right. That just ended right in his conviction in him making that, that, that cake, he was being a partaker of their sins. So I asked that question, if we were to vote that in, even though we're all about uh, God not forcing people, right? Are we being partakers of that sin in allowing that? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, a, it's, a, it's a whole other thing, whole other topic. A whole different thing. I think that um, it, it's, look, we, we cannot partake of sin. That's, that's clear, obviously, in scripture. We can't, right? Uh, I, the whole Baker issue uh, you know, there are days I have major problems with it, and there are days that I don't. I'm talking about the stance that the that the baker took, right? Because at the same time, I wonder why is it that someone couldn't just simply go to another another baker, right? But I put myself in that position. What if somebody would have came to me and said, "Look, uh, you're Hispanic, and I don't do Hispanic cakes." Like I, that that would that would be offensive to me, obviously. Um, but but uh, but putting aside whatever uh, personal feelings I have of that, right? Um, I, I always wonder the following. Um, there is render to Caesar what is to Caesar and God to God. According to Jesus, there are two realms. 
There's the realm of men and there's the realm of God, right? Two realms, the one that belongs to men, the one that belongs to God. And I think within the realm that belongs to God, I work in that realm. That is what the realm that I have been called in, right? I have been, I, I have been called to work uh, as someone who works in church and in that realm cannot partake of sin. But see, this is where things get a little tricky, right? Because let's take someone who is dealing with homosexuality. I believe that church should be absolutely welcoming to anyone who is dealing with whatever gender or, or, or uh, sexual identity issues. It doesn't matter. You are welcomed in this church. Now, the big problem is this, though. Do you want to hear what we got to say as well, right? And, and, and just like I would tell someone who is dealing with drug addiction or alcohol abuse or uh, someone who has beat their wife or something like that. At church, you're going to hear things you don't want to hear because this is the realm of God. And in the realm of God, we say this and we say that because that is what God tells us to say. And in that realm, there are things that we cannot allow. So therefore, I cannot go in and marry someone who is who, who's same-sex. I'm not going to do a same-sex marriage. I'm not going to officiate a same-sex marriage because I don't believe that that is what God tells me to do. At the same time, though, if that same-sex couple wants to get married, I can't go in there and say, look, I'm going to go and burn something down so that you don't do that, right? That, I think that's where we're at. So we, we have to learn how to say, look, in the eyes of God, this is not right. I cannot force you. You are, liberty to, you are at liberty to do whatever you want to do because God gives you the choice of doing right and doing wrong. But I'm going to tell you what is right. And I'm going to tell you that in love and, 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 and in care. By the way, ultimately, our job as Christians, wouldn't you say is not to tell people how wrong you are, but it's how to show people how right God is? Exactly. You understand what I'm saying? Like in the process, obviously we're going to talk about what is wrong. But the whole point is to show how great and wonderful God is that the restrictions and the things that God tells us to do or not to do make sense for your life. That's the goal. Sometimes we fail in that, though. Sometimes we fail in that. And not just sometimes. Like it, it's a lot, especially with the – people confuse a lot of like having moral issues with having compassion for others. Mm. And they – having compassion for others is such a big thing, especially with Jesus, even with people that had moral issues back in his days, he still showed compassion to them. And it's only right to have that be our duty that no matter what that person is going through, no matter if he's an alcoholic, no matter if he's a compulsive liar, no matter if, no matter if, if what their sexual orientation is, we still have to show compassion to them. But at the same time, lovingly, we, like you were saying, we have to tell them, Hey, look, but, this is what the Bible says. I'm not kicking you out of here, but this is what the Bible says. Yeah. Let me, and let me just quickly put a scenario. I know we're going to start wrapping this up, but just, just a quick scenario just popped into my head with what you were saying, right? Showing compassion to people. If you went into a store and you saw someone uh, that was being yelled at and cursed and all these things because they were Hispanic, would you step up and defend them? Right. And chances are, you'd be like, man, this is wrong. Hey, you try to get in the middle of that, right? I mean, I, I think many of us would, would have that reaction and say, hey, I'm, no, this is wrong. You can't just shut up, whatever it is, right? But you would try to calm that person down, defend the person that's getting discriminated towards. Would you do it if someone, was, was, uh, if someone had uh, black skin, for example? I think you should do the same thing. But as Christians, then we run into a problem. And the issue is, what if it was someone who, for example, is, identifies as gay and they're being discriminated? Would you also jump in the middle of that and try to defend the person that is gay because they're being discriminated? And we have a tough time separating things 
because feeling compassion for someone should be for everyone. 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 Discrimination is wrong. Everyone, right? No one should be discriminated towards. And I may not agree with what you are doing. And yet this should not be happening in your life. Would, would God send uh, uh, rain to those who are righteous and unrighteous? Yes or no? Yes, he would. And that doesn't mean that God approves of the unrighteousness, but the love of God is so amazing that at the end, it manifests itself in giving value to every single person. Now, everyone has to decide what they're going to do at the end. Nevertheless, when it comes to politics, I think it's better to follow what God says than anything else. If anything, it's apply what God says to your political views, not so much apply your political views to what God says. It's the other way around. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, you know, I put it a little different. I say, look, let let your 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 Christian faith influence your politics. Don't let your politics influence your Christian faith. Yeah, in simpler terms. Yeah. Should I, should I throw another quote out there? Sure. I, but let, let's. Well, this is probably gonna be the last one. But go for it. We've got like five minutes left. Yeah. It should be our duty to adapt ourselves as far as possible without compromising truth. To all who come within the reach of our influence and at the same time stand free from strife and corruption of the parties that are striving for the mastery. That's a fascinating quote. Hey, Steve Asterisk actually puts it just like that. One of what I went to, I don't even remember what year it was, but I went to um, GYC and he said it exactly, like, practically just like that. He's like, we got to moderate the, we got we to gotta modernize the message to reach people. But he's like, we cannot change what the message means. We cannot change what the message is saying. That's the one thing that can never change. We got to adapt. We have to adapt ourselves to the, to the, to our society, to, to our environment, but we cannot change what the Bible is saying. Uh, absolutely. And, and I honestly, I think that's a good way to end this conversation because it's, it's an excellent counsel for Christians, right? Um, at, at the end, it's, it's tough. All of this is tough, by the way. Oh, to everybody that's watching us, thank you once again for connecting with us uh, today. But let me just say this. You may have disagreed with something that we have said today. This is a perfect opportunity to practice your Christianity. Right? 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 I mean, look, if you disagree with us, it doesn't mean you got to hate us. Hey, I, I just, I just got to say, I hope, you, I hope you guys don't unfollow me. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't. I still love you guys. I hope you guys still love me. Hey, we can have a conversation about this. Hey, who knows? I might change my mind if it goes according to the Bible, but... You know, I think we can all live in this, in this space where we can have our own opinions and, 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 you know, ultimately we're all striving for the greater good. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's what I would leave that at. <laughs> I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, it's cool. I, I think it's totally fine. Cause everybody got super quiet, man. We didn't have as many comments today. I think it's just, man, a, you know, a good you sign. Know, yeah, I know. I'm always like, what are people thinking? Right. Or it could be happening. Like they're just having arguments in their own house because of what we're talking about. That's not the point. We don't want you to argue, but yeah, I think I put this on Jason and Mitchell. I didn't want to have this conversation. Uh, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> the, the, the funny thing is that Jason wasn't in the meeting when we decided this was the yeah, conversation. That's right. So, but, but look, uh, I think that if we follow Christ in everything, God will take care of the rest. And that means so much as uh, regarding political movements, uh, participating in fights for justice and all those things. And I keep thinking to myself, can we do more? And I think we can. I think we can. 
just that we have to do it based on what Jesus tells us to do. So anyways, um, you know, that I thank you. Honestly, look, uh, you know, we, we've had up and down in the numbers of people watching us, but, you know, we've been talking for an hour and 45 minutes. And uh, I, I know our conversations go long and we appreciate everybody that has supported us and encouraged us mm -hmm. into continuing these. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's kind of tough to have a 20 minute conversation. Uh, we just want to bring in as much as we can. And we hope that it was a blessing to all of you. Um, I, I'm noticing right now, it was the last common question. If what we voted for and believed in our political view is that going to follow us on Judgment Day? Um, uh, well, I, look, very quickly, can I, can I just answer that? According to Ellen White, you know, she says, look, it's okay. This is going to be something personal. But I think that just like any other decision, right, you will be judged on any decision you make. Voting is the same thing. I don't, I don't think there's an exception on that. Uh, I do think that God looks at you and says, well, you didn't know this was going to happen. And God is a fair judge as well, right? He's not going to go in and say, like, you knew everything about a person. If you voted for someone, therefore, you're now guilty of all their sins. But I think you got to think about it twice and always ask yourself, am I voting for what, for what God would approve, right? As, and, my, as, as much as you guys don't like me saying this phrase. What? what? Oh, no, no, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> That's a good way to end it, man. Say it. Say Wait, it, man. I, I have a verse for you guys. Hold oh, up. Go, go, going back to what they were saying. Before you say it, Jason, Philippians 2.12, right? It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as, as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I will end it with that. Every decision that we make, right? It says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? All the decisions we make are going to appear in the judgment. But that last part, at, right after it says, work out your, your salvation with fear and trembling, it says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. That's right. For, for we're God's worried pleasure. about the decision we're making right now, who we're going to vote for, all these things. Absolutely, they're going to appear in the judgment. But if we are in God, God is going to see that. He's going to make his good pleasure through us, mm. even in these decisions. Absolutely. I appreciate that. So, uh, Jason, why don't you just say it? And then uh, why don't you finish uh, with the word of prayer? <laughs> why don't you say it? <laughs> it's simple, guys. Everything that you do, run it with, what would Jesus do? You know what? You know what? Look, can I just say this? Uh, Andrew, I want a shirt with Jason's face on it saying, <laughs> it's simple, guys. What would Jesus do? Hey, I, bro, I, 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 was just, hey, I was just about to say, I think we're at the change our slogan from keep calm and out of it on to what would Jesus do? But I think that's already <laughs> no, 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 trademarked. No. So I don't that's, know. That, that, that's true. That's true. But, but the, the Jason part is it's simple. It's simple guys. What would Jesus do? That's it. Well, but it's, that's it's, it's simple. <laughs> yes. But you know what? I agree with you, man. I, I think, I think that as, as simple as an answer as that may be, it is a very profound answer, right? There is a profundity to it that we have to recognize. I think, I think that's a great, but anyways, lead us a prayer, man. All right, guys, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, first of all, Lord, I want to thank you for, I want to thank you for allowing us to have this platform to have these discussions, Lord, because mm -hmm. I have personally felt not just in, not just a, the, like we've been doing it to get a hold of each other, Lord, but I felt, I personally felt that I've grown and I know the guys have too, Lord. Mm -hmm. And I hope that these conversations have been helped others grow as well. Now, Lord, uh, I pray that, that you help us with these difficult topics, Lord. Mm -hmm that you help us with these difficult decisions that we have to make in our life, whether to have political views of one way or another, Lord, I pray that you, that you help us to never forget that primarily we are citizens of your kingdom and that we are Christians and that it is our duty in life to show that to others, Lord, and to show mercy, to show love and to show compassion to others. 
please, Lord, um, guide us. Keep on guiding us as this, as this new week is almost upon us, Lord. And please do not let us forget that you died for every single one of us, for every single person out there, that you died for them on the cross, Lord. Thank you for everything, Lord. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. I ask for all these things. And I pray. Amen. 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 Jason, thank you so much for the uh, for the prayer. Thank you once again to everybody that connected, uh, you know, and again, we hope that it was a blessing and uh, something good comes out of this. Uh, you know, if God permits, we'll be uh, here next week, uh, hopefully, and we'll continue talking. Don't forget to hit up the Instagram account and uh, find out about how you can get that Keep Calm yes. on shirts. If you want it, if you want a shirt, just hit us up. Um, we already have um, the information for one of our winners. So those will be going out shortly. We need the other information from uh, yeah. Jesse. Um, Yes, no, I actually have her. She actually oh, you messaged, do? Okay. messaged us on the account. So we have her information. So we just got to get it. Okay. I already have the colors. We got her size. So um, we'll just send that Perfect. out. Perfect. If you guys want a Perfect. shirt, man, hit us Perfect. up. If you guys Perfect. like the slogan and all that, hit us up. I mean, you, you guys can't have this polo. but You guys can't have this polo, but you guys can have the t-shirts. You <laughs> we'll, know? we'll work something out. <laughs> yeah, you, got, you guys can have that message. But anyway, so we want to thank you again. Uh, we hope you have a blessed Sabbath. Um, and ultimately, you know, just as crazy as this world is getting, look, the shirt says it all, honestly, honestly. And seriously, just keep wearing the mask. Keep washing your hands. Keep trying to do what you can. When it comes to the mask, it's better to have it and not need it yeah. than need it and not have it. For sure, for sure. And at the end, remember, keep calm and Advent on. That's our message. We hope that you guys uh, uh, will be blessed. Have a great Sabbath. We'll be seeing you soon.